In the 2016 Netflix series, Stranger Things, a group of 70s era Indiana boys and girls encountered and battled with a place called the Upside Down. This was a world on the flip side of theirs where everything seemed upended. The characters moved through it as if underwater and were haunted by an unseen but deeply disturbing force, a force that threatened theirs and presumably all of humanity's very existence. It was only when a very brave girl with strange powers nearly died while fighting, a, fighting back that dark force that it was finally destroyed. Well, at least temporarily, since there have been three seasons since that first year because of the success of the first one. Now in Matthew, when Jesus refers to the kingdom of heaven, which he does 31 sometimes in the, in the book of Matthew, he's referring to a world that is equally distorted from our present reality as the upside down is in Stranger Things. Call it maybe the right side up, if you will, instead of the upside down. It represents a reality characterized by a complete reversal of the expectations and values of this age. A complete reversal of the expectations and values of this age. Instead of being haunted by a disturbing force, it's centered on God. And Jesus' life represents the beginning of its inbreaking. The parable of the laborers in the field, which we just heard, is, is one of the best examples of this kind of right-side-up reality that Jesus is talking about. It was equally confusing and a source of consternation to the listeners in the early first century as it is to our late capitalism years today. It begins simply enough. The landowner goes out at sunup and contracts with some laborers for their services, and they agree on the usual daily wage. It was probably a denarius, and they head out to start working. Nothing strange there. In fact, this was pretty standard practice at the time and can still be seen in the parking lots of any Home Depot or Lowe's across the country these days. But then it gets strange. The landowner goes out at 9 a.m. and at noon and 3 p.m. and even 5 p.m. and hires more laborers. I mean, this last group works all of an hour in the field. You can imagine them barely breaking a sweat. And note for these last groups, he doesn't talk about a specific wage for their work, but says only, you'll be paid whatever is right. Now, as with all parables, Jesus' mention of whatever is right should be a clue that we're about to have our expectations upended. And he delivers, beginning with the last group, the 5 p.m.ers, if you will. He calls them up and gives them the usual daily wage. And this doesn't create a problem until he gets to the first group. You see, those who worked in the heat and sun all day, and he gives them the same usual daily wage, the very amount they agreed upon at the start of the day. Now I ask you, is that fair? Is that fair? Well, the recent outcry in this state over extended unemployment benefits in the, in the midst of a global pandemic suggests that many people would emphatically cry out, no, this isn't fair. See, we're all taught equal pay for equal work. It's hard to argue against that, after all. But that's where Jesus' kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven reality, sets in. The message Jesus repeatedly pounds into the heads of the disciples and 
into ours as well is, a, is of the radically different kind of life that is called for by life together in the Christian community. Specifically, no decision is purely personal and individual, but is taken as a part of community. That is such a different reality than we live with. In the kingdom of God, reality, the prize is not more pay for more work, but grace for all. And if we think we earn grace by getting into the proverbial fields early and staying longer, then that's not really grace. Paul called it works righteousness. He didn't like it very much. And think about it. Isn't it better that everyone gets to participate in this grace? That they don't have to earn it equally? I think it makes the prospect of life beyond the pearly gates much more interesting and exciting. Heaven will be filled with the equivalent of the 5 p.m.ers, those late to work. The alternative would be that only the most solemn or most devout or most puritanical get in, and quite frankly, that sounds kind of boring. And it wasn't just me who said that. Billy Joel famously sang in his hit Only the Good Die Young, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. You know that only the good die young. Now, I'm not sure I'd agree with the black and white dichotomy of sinners and saints that he talks about. I think we're all somewhere along that spectrum. The good news is, in the kingdom of heaven lens, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Which is a blessing, because I don't know about you, but there are days when I feel like those 5 p.m. laborers in the field, a little bit late and falling a bit short, and I'm thankful for a God who's full of grace. Because on those days, it's all I can count on. Thanks be to God. Amen.